forever. Dog. How many cop movies are there? Just too many. <laughs> There's entirely too many cop movies. Yo, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you the truth. At one point, I think in high school, I was like a security guard. Oh, sorry, no, 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 no. Whoa, Wait, I what? attempted. Yeah, so I, bro, I've had so many jobs. So I technically, I let me take it back. I didn't fully do the job because I think I was in. I was like. I, I did security because my friend um, Tony, he was a security guard. And like, I was like, oh, well, Tony got a job. I can get a job. Uh, I got it. They give you the little uniform and they put me in like some building. But then I realized like, if something happens, I'm the one who's supposed to check and there's nothing. I, there was zero training, bro. Like, for real, <laughs> there was no training. So I'm like, oh, I have this flashlight. <laughs> Yeah, I was a I had a guard job once too, but it wasn't it wasn't security. It was like we had like a gallery in in my college, like on one of the floors of the of the arts complex, and you would be the the art guard had to be there and just make sure nobody like messed around with the art. But like if somebody <laughs> did, you know, what if I mean? somebody did, <laughs> if it if it ever happened, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I don't have any ability to stop somebody from doing anything. Yo, you ever just see a security guard? Like, there's this one guy. Like, uh, when I lived in um, when I lived in Harlem, it was this one guy who worked at like a building that door, and he was so little. And I was like, man, maybe this guy knows kung fu because I'm like, he's got to know something because this little <laughs> dude, I'm not scared of. I was like, hey, please protect this man. And he was near the um Section Eight building, and I was like, man. Please don't let these please don't let these dudes run up on him, man. When he come, because the uniform, the uniform looks silly. You know what I mean? So like, you would get made fun of just because your uniform looks silly. It wasn't a black one; it was like some navy blue and um, I guess grayish color. I was like, bruh, protect yourself, protect yourself. <laughs> I mean, they're not like security guards aren't really meant to stop crime. Like they're just kind of there to. Be like, hey, you know, like to to scare people away so that they don't do things that they are, you know, are illegal, you know. But if it like a a bunch of mass robbers like come in, a security guard will be like, all right, I'm just gonna, yeah. I mean, I'm about to go. Like, I ain't, I got no, I want no beef with this. I want no beef. But I ain't doing that. Mm -mm. Uh, Also, you know, I'm gonna gonna say, I'm gonna save it for when we start because I'm not gonna say this statement before we get started too raw. Uh-oh. Too real rap raw. You, you trying to get raw? You trying to get raw already? Because <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like if we, if it's easy being a cop and then it's easy being a security guard, all people who got to protect you. I'm like, the system may be a little flawed. Again, <laughs> my barber should not be easy. more trained than somebody who's protecting me. That's the only thing I'm gonna how, say. Because of how little training they do, you're saying? Yeah, bruh. Like the my, job isn't easy. It's just no, no. The, <laughs> the bar- my barber should not have had more schooling than a person who gets to have a gun. Right. You know what I'm saying? That makes no. Yeah. The dude who cuts my that means my lineup is more practiced than a person who was supposed <laughs> to go in and de-escalate a situation. And that's factual, and that sucks. <laughs> 
That dude who's doing your fade has practiced that fade. Right. What are the person who has a gun? Yeah. Is it more t- like is it more time well, for barber training or or is it you know because like police is academy is like what it's like six months right yeah I think it's <laughs> I don't know that it's more but I think it's like the same which I don't think it's better I just right like but it's probably around the same I don't know of time. man uh, hair like a black man's fade you know that's important to national security he's right. He's right. So I'm, I'm on board. He is 100% right. So For I'm the black community. No, I don't accept this. Uh, fade is important. <laughs> no. no, I'm okay with this. To national security. <laughs> I'm completely okay with this. I'm, I'm down. Mm-hmm. He's I right. Quit. Listen, I quit. women understand. <laughs> they understand too. Their hair is important to national security. Again, stop, I'm a, I agree. Stop repeating it. I'm No, I don't want to be involved. No, I agree with everything he's saying. Hold on, James, hold on one second. We just have to leave some room for the people who are clapping at home. (laughs) All right, let's start the show. (laughs) Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drop Milligan. What more can I say? Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Quarantine City. You want to know the next thing that's coming out of my mouth? You're a fucking pig. Wow, you picked, yeah. you picked a very interesting line. I didn't think you were going to go for Yeah, you know, it was like line. that or like, what the problem is? Or like any of the 47 times he said, why? Because I'm black. But I went with, mm-hmm. you're a fucking what pig. What the problem is, was Ugh. his... Which is catchphrase for this? Yeah, movie. that was his. Yeah, that was his catchphrase. What the problem is? What the problem Man, is? I'm not. I want to listen. <laughs> I need to give everybody a warning. I am not going to be kind to this movie, and I'm not going to hold back my distaste for this movie. Uh, usually, I try to do that thing where I'm going to pretend. About. I try to pretend like I'm. I'm not going to talk bad about it, but I'm about to crap all over this movie and my uh, my uh, 90 minutes it took me to finish this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh man let me look up the names of people i want to name people where their twitter's at hold on where are their twitters <laughs> wait no nah, people gotta know what they did i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if most of these people were not even on twitter all right well let's see their imdb contact so people can tweet so people can email and be like we never forget um, dang this movie came out in 2003 Yes. So here we go. This movie came out to wait. First of all, my name is Jonathan Braylock. <laughs> I'm Dra Milligan, and I'm James the Third, and we are uh, we are a film review podcast. Sometimes movies leave me so stunned, I forget what we what we do on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But we are technically <laughs> a film review podcast. <laughs> we look at films uh, of leading black actors through the context of race and diversity in Hollywood. Nice. Uh, and today we are reviewing the film National Security, which came out in 2003, uh, stars S- Steve Zahn and Martin Lawrence. Now, depending on what poster you'll see, you'll know that both of these people are in the movie, or you'll just know that Martin Lawrence is in the movie, because there are many <laughs> National Security film posters uh, with just Martin Lawrence. In fact, the, the, one, um, the one on my Netflix was just Martin Lawrence. So Okay. People 
people know, and by people I mean white people, uh, people know who mm. is the one who's marketing, who's the one who's pulling their, their weight, let's just say, for watching this film. No disrespect to Steve Zahn, it's just that, hey, you know. No offense, but Steve Zahn just didn't have the career, or at least never had the pull that, uh, you know, Martin Lawrence did. Hey, Steve Zahn, what do you guys remember? I, 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 I know out him. Out of sight, baby. Out of sight. Out of sight? That's the movie you know him from the most? Wow. Well, I love Out of Sight. Saving Silverman? Yes. Yes. The movie's kind of creepy, though. Yeah. I'm trying to look back at what he was. I'm trying to look back at, like, what he did right before this that might have been, like, bigger for him to, like, yeah, I guess it was Saving Silverman. Movie's so creepy, man. I mean, yes, Yo. he wasn't out of sight. These I think she like falls the story in love. for Baywatch. Oh, we're gonna definitely talk about these writers. They wrote a couple <laughs> of they wrote a couple of gems. Oh, that's right. Daddy Daycare. Daddy Daycare, but that came after this. Oh, that was the same year. Oh, he had a good year. He had National Security, Daddy Daycare, and then I don't know, some movie called Shattered Glass. With, Shattered um, Glass was uh, hating Christian. People were like super into that. I remember. I never saw it, but people were into that. Isn't what's his name? In, hold on, I'm gonna look it up. Hating Christensen. Yeah, hating. Yeah, that's the hating Christensen. That's what I thought. Um, that said, Ooh. when this movie came out, it was uh, panned. Right now, Ooh. it currently has 11 percent around Tomatoes. Has a 45 Damn, that's a lot. <laughs> too much. Too much. <laughs> that's, that's way too way much. More than I too much. <laughs> It's got a 45% audience score. Both still rotten, but you know. Yo, Um, he was bad ape in War for the Planet of the Apes. He was good. (laughs) (laughs) And this movie, we don't know how much it it costs. There's no, I can't find the info on that, but it it made 50 million worldwide. Um, So who knows if this movie did well at the box office. It's really hard to tell. Wikipedia doesn't have any info. Box box office info doesn't have any info. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's all you need. Oh, and so the premise of this film is you have uh, Steve Zahn is a is a cop who whose partner is killed during a um, uh, a uh, robbery. Um, mm-hmm. They try to stop a robbery. His partner is killed. Martin Lawrence is just the average dude who's trying to make it his way through the police academy, but he gets kicked out. And the two of them fatefully meet because Steve Zahn thinks that Martin Lawrence is stealing his own car. Uh, and after uh, attacking him, roughing him up, is probably what Steve Zahn would say, uh, a bee is there, and then he starts swatting at the bee. Somebody records camera footage. It looks like he's wailing on martin lawrence with the baton and so he gets fired from his job uh and of course since martin lawrence got kicked out of the police academy both of them wind up working for the same security guard company called national security and stumble upon this the same robbers who killed steve zahn's partner and the two of them unite with the buddy cop even though they're neither of them are cops film and they you know this is hands this, down this the longest description you've needed to give. <laughs> I mean, that's it's so hard to, but that's <laughs> it. It takes that much explaining. Wow, 
Uh, it does. No, it does. I mean, there all you of You need that to know is... all of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's because the thing is, it's considered a uh, a buddy cop comedy, right? Oh. And usually you go, okay, so what's the comedic part? You know, and it's a it's it's generally about who the two people are in some sense. And the comedy from this is that the white man was accused of beating the black was falsely accused. I'm talking about the movie's point of view, falsely yeah. accused of of beating a black man. And that black man went along with it. And they're the ones who have to go together. And neither of them are cops. They're both security guards. So it's like a twofer. It's like you get the. Uh, the humor of security guards trying to be cops and this white and black man who have to get together, even though the black man played the race card. And it was false that he played the race. You know and what, it was, man? And it was, mm-hmm. and it was false again, according to the movie's point of view. Boy, <laughs> All let right. Me breathe. Let me breathe. I want to um, go first. You know, just to, just to be I fair. I want to go first. And I, I I'll, let first. Dra- I'll let Gerard go first. And I just want to, I just want to set the record straight that this was written. By two white men. Okay, go, Jara. So, I want to bring up, thank you, um, Jonathan Braylock. David Ron, all right, and his buddy, Jay Sherrick, are pieces of shit, all right? And the reason I want to say they two pieces of shit is because this movie takes the premise of police brutality and undercuts every black man experience. The mere fact that the opening of this movie is, and I knew they fucking thought they were fucking creative. That's why they can truly kiss my fucking ass. They sat there and tried to redo the Rodney King beating. They had an Asian tourist literally be like, oh, end of it. look at his fucking camera. Yes. Look at his camera. And it was like, oh, you know what? We're going to fake a police brutality and show, oh, isn't it funny when a black person really isn't beat but lies about it? Look what happens to the white cop, how bad it is. That's the premise of this stupid fucking movie. That is the premise then, of the movie. And then at one point, at one point, Martin is saying something about police brutality, and Steve Zahn goes, uh, do you even believe what comes out of your mouth? I don't know. Sometimes I have to hear how it finishes or something like that. Or hear what happens when I'm done talking. I'm like, cool. This is stupid. And then Martin at one point goes, I don't believe in uh, uh, interracial dating um, because, we, of course, of course, the quote-unquote racist white cop dates a beautiful black woman, and then he's like, oh, only from when it's um, uh, a white guy. Then Martin is super sexualized the entire time in this movie, all right? He starts off as a super dope cop, you know, kind of woke. I'm like, all right, bet. Then he turns into a caricature of a black person. The whole movie. Even at the end of the movie, when he grows, he is still a caricature of a black... He is literally a stereotype, this whole movie. And then I think about it like, okay, okay. The thing that bothers me the most about this movie is I know these two white writers patted themselves on the back. I know they did. They're like, oh man, these conversations, this is so deep. We're going to give Martin a line in here talking about police brutality. And this is my thing. Martin says something earlier on in the movie where he goes, um, before there ever was a B, um, like it was a basically aggressive before mm-hmm. a beat ever showed up. And I'm like, okay, this is a point that we can touch on. But he immediately undercuts it by not acknowledging anything else. And then also you see the whole time, like he takes pleasure in this dude um going to jail. I'm like, now if he would have got really, really roughed up, I'm like, bet. Because there are fucked up cops out there. We can talk about the fucked up cops, but we don't. We talk about how silly this black dude is 
and who all of a sudden just like, hey man, get over it. Like, so what a lot. You know what I mean? It makes it like it's cool. Like, like police brutality is just like a thing to joke about, a thing of the past, and we don't even have any real structure about it. Not even a real conversation about it. Nothing. Literally nothing. And I'm like, this is cool for what reason? He chains up a black woman like half naked in a room who's stuck in that joke. I'm like, yo, man, this movie, seriously? Within 10 minutes, I was like, this movie can suck my dick. And I never say shit like that. It is, op- it is optimal trash. It is, it, is, it is so much garbage. It is hard for me to even stop talking about it because it's like, I know they were happy about it. That's the thing that sucks about this movie is I know they were happy. Like they did something fucking good. And it's like, no, motherfucker, you perpetuated more stereotypes and you are shit. Literally, I'm looking right now for the goddamn Twitter so I can tweet, hey, hey, remember that movie you did? You are shit. Because I don't want them to forget how much shit they actually are. <laughs> and I wish I was joking about that. I'm literally trying to find out the guy on Twitter. So you guys can keep going. Because these motherfuckers, I will, I'm going to name drop Jay and David throughout this whole goddamn podcast so you can be reminded of the two shitty people who wrote this shitty ass movie thinking they were doing something special, but they were doing nothing but being shitty ass people who might be a little bit uneducated and also a little bit ignorant. I'm not going to call them racist, but they're fucking ignorant. As, as you guys were. Okay. And another thing. Sorry, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so All right. All right, he passing the rock, James. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I this movie has baffled me for since it came out, since since 2003. I had the I got the DVD in one of those like DVD boxes, you know, when when back when you got $5 DVDs or whatever. And I it Martin's character just it baffled me. I just don't I I don't understand why he did the movie. This is one of those like, you know, sometimes you need a paycheck movies. He was like, I guess I just need to get this paycheck real quick because nothing about it is redeemable. And it's so frustrating because I keep wanting, like, I feel like they probably feel to Gerard's point of like them patting themselves on, on the back. They probably feel really good about the moment when, when Martin like breaks down everything that's going on in Steve Zahn's life. And then he goes, you know what you are? Ugh. You're a black man. <laughs> like what in the fuck? <laughs> and it's Ugh. like, what, what do we gain from this saying that <laughs> if your life is miserable, Nothing. you're black. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and it was supposed to be like this moment where they were coming around to each other. But like Martin really was, an asshole to Steve Zahn the whole time. And Steve Zahn, when they first met, <laughs> fully profiled him. So I was like, what What are we... Like, every time they tried to show us that they were coming together and being closer as buddies, it was like, these two people, I don't want them to be friends. Like, I don't want them to see each other ever again. I want them to go their separate ways and never be interacting with each other because these are two individuals that should not be with each other um and yeah like like i don't even think that when martin first shows up that he's ever woke he just goes the brother he says the brother i wasn't shooting him and it's like oh he maybe he could be he could be maybe they're doing like a men in black thing where it's like oh she's (laughs) in the the middle of the ghetto with with quantum physics books so she's you know (laughs) maybe Uh. she's an alien or whatever but like they never do that and then they show when he's in the car they show that he hits all the white people but he leaves (laughs) the black woman in the middle of (laughs) like they just they make everything he does about being black but 
he's but he's blinded to like the realities of the world. Like he's just like everything is happening to him because he's black, regardless of if the thing even remotely had to do with 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 blackness or race or being racially profiled. He'll say if you don't do something that he wants you to do, he'll say it's because he's black. When they made this is what made me what made me really mad and I couldn't watch the movie after this after this point. It made me so mad is when the court turns into deaf comedy jam when they're they're literally just <laughs> <laughs> they're literally just laughing about the fact that they're like it, it it's almost like it's almost saying that like black people have like this sort of innate charisma that if they say something you know people get on their sides regardless you know it like it it fully takes our word to mean like nonsense and i i don't know like like and there's so there's so many comedic moments and comedic set pieces around around racism and around prejudice that but it but it never goes to another level it never has fun commentary it never you know so it all just becomes like you know it all just becomes trivial um so yeah i mean i i've seen this movie a lot i i will the the line in robin hood when 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 Jarrah says i'd have arrows all up in my ass <laughs> is there do you, if you guys remember the moment when he's like if i would have came out with a wallet in my hand i would have had bullets all up in my ass oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah that was a, that's, that was a great that's, part that's where the arrows all up in my ass yeah. <laughs> comes oh. from um I, and I and I didn't even remember that until until I saw this movie again. Well, but I, I, you know, so I've had like sayings in my head for a long time. But this movie has always bothered me. I've I've never liked it, and it's been it's been very confusing. That Mark, like, I don't get why. I feel like Martin is smarter than this. So I so I never got why yes. he did this movie. I, I think he must have agreed. Honestly, I think he must have agreed to this movie, like before. It, well, honestly, probably it was money. Actually, had to be money. Yeah. Let's just let's just be real about it. Like, especially at the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, he had done Blue Streak already, which was, which <laughs> isn't a great film, but no, is, but it's like in it's the context hardly... of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a much better film than than this movie. Goodness. Um, and he had already done Big Mama's House, which was huge, and it was like so okay. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earnin. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day and up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. And look, guys, I know you're like me. Sometimes unexpected instances come up where you need a little extra cash. I know for me, we I got two dogs. Every now and then, one of these dogs eats something that they're not supposed to eat. <laughs> they be pooping, uh, you know, doing yeah, something. And I'm like, it. we got to take this dog to the vet. And the vet's like, you got to give me my money. And I'm like, goodness gracious. Well, that's why you got something like earning because you can make earning a part of your financial routine. Enjoy earnings over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earning, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earning today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earning app, type in Jump Under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Jump Under Podcast. 
subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earning.com slash TOS for details. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I- I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, this is Tim Heidecker, and I'm glad to be back in Glendale, California, in the studio with my good friends DJ Doug Pound and Vic Berger for another episode of our podcast, Office Hours Live. This week we had a very special guest, his golden messenger, who played a beautiful tune for us. We laughed, we had fun, and you should tune in to Office Hours Live this week, and quite frankly, every week on your podcast app of choice or at youtube.com slash Office Hours Live. Here's where I'll start, because the thing is, I don't. the thing that I don't understand is like, Martin Lawrence was, by the time this movie came out, Martin Lawrence was huge, mm-hmm. huge. He had done Bad Boys. He had done uh, he had done Big Mama's House. He had done Blue Streak. He'd even done Black Knight, which is not a good movie. But again, it's like he had done many movies where he was the star. You know mm-hmm. what's the worst that could happen? Um, like, and so this movie came out after all of those movies, and like in the same year that Bad Boys Two was coming out as well. Wow! So it was like I was like, why did he? You know. He's not the lead of this movie, right? So that's the thing I want to say up top is that this movie starts with Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn has the main uh, like through line of the movie because they are chasing down people who kill his partner. So he has the, mo- the most motivation. Martin Lawrence is only doing it because he wants to be a cop. Like he-, he wants to play cops and robbers. Like Martin Lawrence is doing it because he thinks getting to like, f- you know, chase down bad guys and shoot a gun is fun, right? There's really no other reason. Like, he, his character has no other motivation. Steve Zahn has the B story as well, because he has the love story. He has the, you know, uh, girlfriend, wife, or who left him, and then he winds up getting her back in the end. Yeah. Right? He redeems himself. He redeems himself in terms of his job. He redeems himself with his relationship. You know, he proves to the world that he was never this racist cop who beat down a black person. Mm-hmm. Now, the saddest thing about it is that, but even in the context of the movie, he is a racist cop. He <laughs> did beat a black person. He didn't do the thing that the video, that people watching the video thought he did. But like Martin Lawrence says in the movie, before there was a B, you were already using excessive force, which he was. He was choking him with a baton. He pushed him up against, he didn't wait to see you know what i mean like and 
and we're all and we're supposed to be completely on Steve Zahn's side because the way that Martin Lawrence was trying to get the keys from his car was uh, suspicious. But Steve Zahn's character, as we see throughout the movie, has anger management problems. He should not be a cop. He has anger issues, and he has an inferiority complex to boot on top of that. So he is not fit to be a cop. He has he needs to have better training, but none of this is learned. He doesn't learn a thing in this movie. He proves himself to be correct. The only thing that happens is like, oh man, I made one small mistake of not knowing, even though it was a, a mistake that we can all relate to. It does look like that guy stealing the car. It's not my fault. It has nothing to do with him being black. It's just because he has his hands in, in a car that's really nice. Anyway, <laughs> so the movie makes a light of the fact that Steve Zahn was racially profiling by being like, anybody would do this. And of course, two white guys think anyone would do this, even though it's not true. And then the white guys justify their actions at the end when the same thing happens with Martin Lawrence. And then Martin Lawrence is incorrect. And just because he knows the license plates, which is a dumb thing, it's like, yeah. hey, let me just see your registration. Wait, wait, wait. Hold yeah. on, John. Hold on, John. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> well, let me, let me, let me clarify. I, I just need to understand. So you're saying that in this movie, there's a white cop who actually is aggressive, uses excessive force, okay, which is something we should learn about because it happens every day. But two white writers, sorry, two male white writers made it a joke justify why it was okay for that guy to do that and then at the end of the movie at the end of the movie have martin lawrence in the same situation with another person of color and be wrong so then it doubles down that hey the racist white cop was right wow wow come on hollywood you know what would have been different if a black person wrote this movie for real even that last scene at the end one, it would have been a white cop, I mean, a white dude sticking their hand in the window. And you know what? That white cop would have been stealing that car and Martin would have saw it and would have had a really creative reason of why he knows this white cop stole, let's say it was um, a Lincoln Continental or something like that. And he's like, uh-uh, when last time you seen a white boy with a polo shirt stealing a Lincoln Continental? This ain't his car. Arrested him. Whole time, he would have been stealing the cop. It would have showed that Martin was smart and was right. But no, this movie written by two Caucasian right. men. Uh, Lord. Oh my God. The, also, the number of times, this, this bothered me too. The number of times th- that, that Martin's character could have been like actually putting the pieces together and, and delivering like <laughs> good, like good news that helps to further the case, he would say something really dumb or like really outlandish instead of being like, you know, like, no, I'm I, I'm a good cop. Like, you know, you put these two pieces together and then boom, you have this answer. He would never do it. And, the, and they volleyed it up like two or three times towards the end, like these moments that could have that could have helped to do that. But they would they would go the he other was way. Dumb. The, his character was dumb in the movie. Yeah. It, so. He was like he was good at he was like good at being like kind of reckless and like, I guess, a good shot. But like other than that, he was not fit he also was not fit to be a cop and they had he had no actual motivation his 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 lack of motivation makes us look at him like a joke like and he is providing the comedy like steve zahn 
Steve Zahn isn't even really, he's, I guess, the like voice of reason character, but he's so unreasonable as a person because of how angry he gets for no, you know what I mean? Like he's, it's like, and, and he has this whole thing of like, oh, my whole life was destroyed. And we're supposed to like, the other thing about this movie, I mean, I, so I completely don't remember this movie. Like I, I definitely <laughs> saw it. I definitely saw it and I don't remember it at all. And one of the reasons I think I don't remember is because it's like, one, it's, it's not very good. Like it's the, it's so no. generic, the plot, who cares about it? Like the, the, the robbers are stealing some like special metal from like NASA that was like <laughs> to do what shaped into like yeah you know, what to do, like, do what, what? They're what? Just like oh it's expensive <laughs> it's expensive and then for some reason they're in collusion um with like the district attorney is it the district attorney or like who was I don't that, know like, who that I have no who that cop he was a detective oh he was just a detective sorry mm-hmm. so they're they're in collusion with some high ranking detective um again. I don't know why or how or like why so many they police even officers say later, were in on it. They even say later it was like you would need a warrant to to like to wash over all of these break-ins or something. Like it was even just that, like something as as small as like he was providing warrants for them. But but right. I don't know what he gained besides but money. How how no one how no one else got like got onto this like who like nobody from the cop side of the of the universe like could figure this out and also how by the end of this movie this guy is able to assemble a SWAT team of people <laughs> who are going to shoot at a who are going to shoot at other cop like another cop like the black cop who's the chief yep mm-hmm. so like you're going to like these people are willing to like try to kill their own police chief for for what how much money are they getting like i don't think we ever even really know they just are like it's a lot of money. It's like how much money? Like so. Anyway, th- just the story of this is it's just poor story. Like race aside, it's it's the motivations are poor. The storytelling is poor. It's generic. It's not that funny. Like to be honest, there's very Martin Lawrence provides. I would say ninety five percent of the humor. Right, like there. I don't even think other people attempt jokes. Like the most attempts of a joke that we get with Steve's on is when he's initially arrested and he like uh goes to jail and then he's and then he comes out of solitary and he's like how long have I been in solitary and the prayer's like 3 months and then he looks to the side and there are black people there like ready to beat him up and he like goes ugh and then he punches the cop in the face right and then he just walks back inside that's yeah. probably the most humor we get from Steve I think people need to understand like like Bray like you said earlier in this Martin's character is stupid all right, and I think there's a thing where people are like, oh, well, they're always just a fast-talking cop. But I'm like, if you compare this character to Eddie Murphy and um, Beverly Hills Cop, Eddie Murphy, which was 20 years before, by the way, <laughs> Eddie, yeah. yes, Eddie Murphy is a smart cop. He's good at being a cop. Like even if you look at a cop who's maybe a little less nuanced, like Chris Tucker in um, Rush Hour, he is still good at putting the pieces together, and he will tell you at certain points, he's like, yo, I'm saying that white guy did it. And at the end of the movie, he's like, told you, the old white man always, like, he always has a reason for the thing. So he's actually good at his job. This character is an imbecile. This character says things that are really important. Things that black people have suffered through. I mean, literally, please, please. I, I want people to actually, because a lot of uh, a lot is happening with um, police. Please do your research on how the police in America will form. Please 
research, slave catchers. There are a lot of things that have been happening. We talk about it in this podcast. We'll watch a movie from 1992, and they're still talking about police brutality. We'll watch a movie from the 80s. They're talking about police brutality, 60s, 70s. And I'm like, and this character is talking about that, but they literally make police brutality a joke. They literally take every word he says out of his mouth, have the white guy credited as, do you even believe this? And the black guy respond, eh, no, depends on what I'm saying. So like, you literally have a white dude call him out, and he cannot back up what he's talking about. And that's what this movie perpetuates the entire time. It's like the whole time. Martin doesn't grow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, go ahead, James. Well, just, and it's also just sort of like, I mean, like I, t- I talked about this when we did like Beverly Hills Cop, like the, the, like, the, like fast talking, like street cop, like, like, like reforming the, you know, coming, breaking into the white space and like, and being better at it than anyone else, right? Like this movie is an example of, of this the buddy cop format like eating itself like they're like it like it they're like what else is left okay police like actually police brutality like actually talking about <laughs> the stuff that maybe even people are escaping when they watch these <laughs> these other movies you know mm-hmm. like it's 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 really like it's taking all of those things and folding it in on itself and and you're we just sort of get like this deformed gross monster that you know, doesn't respect black people, you know, doesn't respect being a cop, you know, like it's like, it's this really bad sort of deformed baby thing. Um, Yeah. The, the, the idea that both of these people would be claimed heroes by the mayor and like, yeah, absolutely not. They would be arrested for the vigilante activities. He would go back to jail. He would never be a cop again. Of course, Martin Lawrence wouldn't be a cop. No. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? Anyway, the other thing about this movie that really annoys me, and this is the last thing I'll say before we go through it, is that I don't think people um, realize, like, <laughs> the, the, it's, it's, so, it's so infuriating. Like, Martin Lawrence's, everything that he says, anything that he says that's, like, slightly true is completely undermined by the point of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So there are things that he it's like sad because there are things that he drops like Gerard already said like the thing about like before there was a B there was already brutality like the um even the thing even the thing like you said James about him going like oh there's you know you this happened to you and this happened to you and that happened to you you know who you are you're a black man and Steve Zahn's like ha 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 but it's not he doesn't go oh damn you're you're right like Oh yeah. my God, I'm, I'm, you've been going through something that's different. Like the thing that's so sad about this movie is that, yes, m- even in the context of this movie, like let's just take like Martin Lawrence's character at face value, because there are people who seemingly bring up race constantly all the time, even in situations where it's like, I don't know if that was necessarily about race. But why is that happening? It's because the black community has been so abused and terrorized, especially when it comes to police, that you have people, it's like a dog who's been like abused, right? And you go over to the dog to pet it and it cowers and it jumps back. Do you go to that dog? Oh man, that dog is so dumb. I wasn't going to hit it. And it's like, yeah, but people were hitting it all the time. So of course it thinks you're going to hit it. Like, yeah, black people are being abused all the time like of course 
somebody, of course, you're going to have people who think everything is about race, even when it's not, because when it is, you also don't admit it. You never admit it. It's like somebody who's being like, you know, like, I'm sorry for going here, but it, it feels relevant. It's like if you're somebody who's sexually abused, you know, like you're going to have a different feeling about men, right? You're not going to just be like, well, like you're going to you're going to be even when somebody's not doing something, you're still going to be pretty. You, your defenses are going to be up because of what's happened to you. So this whole thing of like, oh, he's just he's just making all this stuff up all the time. And he blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, no. A real thing happened, like the Steve Zahn thing. But in order for anybody to even care that Steve Zahn was initially a, like using excessive force and doing something that was wrong to begin with, they have to believe that he got beat severely. Why does that need to happen? Why does a black person need to die? Also, first right? off, why? <laughs> to me, the most serious but partial part about this whole movie is that someone saw that tape and gave a fuck. Like, I mean, I mean, seriously, think about it. Yeah. Rodney King in 1992 had four cops beating the shit out of him on television. They showed that on the news. I remember being a kid. They showed it on the news. You remember what happened to them cops? Remember, remember how long they went to jail for? That's right. Zero. They didn't go to fucking jail. You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't go to jail. And it's like, it was justified. It's always justified. So the fact this dude even went to prison, one, for six months, fuck out of here. It's like, if you're going to go, go away. I'm even looking at the this, this white cop. This woman who shot that black dude in his own house, they're trying to get, first off, she only went for 10 years. One. Now, last Friday, they tried to file an appeal saying she thought it was her house. You ever walk into somebody else's house not knowing it's your house on a different floor? They were saying that in the early days of that, too. They were saying this. Which I'm not saying, it it doesn't make any sense, but (laughs) same thing. They've been saying that. I'm on the wrong floor, right? I ain't got the key to this house. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, we're getting too political. We're not political podcast. Quick, someone tell a joke. Oh yeah, this movie sucks ass. We're, Got we're it. not getting it. <laughs> it's trash ass movie, anyway, man. All right, let's go. Let's start. This movie starts with uh, it starts with Steve Zahn, as I said. Uh, you you got him and his his just, just some generic white dude partner. Uh, we, you know they get a they get a call. Wait, before that break, on the radio. before that, these trash-ass cops make fun of that security guard because they apparently because apparently only people who go to prison can get jobs as security guards because no other job will take them. So again, yeah. fuck these two. All and right, also that's supposed to be, oh man, they they loved it. They bet on it. <laughs> they like, it was horrible. They were excited. Excited. Right. Right. Yeah, there's actually more sympathy for security guards than black people in this movie. Um, there's more sympathy for almost everybody instead of black people in real life. <laughs> let's, let's not forget, our current president has done more for black people, almost as much as the person who freed the slaves. He's also done, you know what, I mean, let me, let me put my phone on mute real quick before I, get, before I never get a job at Hollywood. <laughs> I think it's okay to be upset about this movie, though, right? I mean, my man said he did better, more than the Civil Rights Act. Lord Jesus. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. Okay. All right. Um, uh, so they make fun of a security guard. Uh, then they go to this place. Uh, the His partner gets killed. He can't save him. The people get away. And then he's mad. He's like, why aren't you guys fighting the person who killed my partner? And they're like, 
with all due respect, you're not a detective. You're just the patrolman. You know, leave it to us. Uh, and he's like, all right. And he's just like, but he doesn't. He goes and tries to solve it on his own. Or he he attempts, he says that he's going to. And then just randomly one day, he's just driving by. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's the same okay. day. It's the same day, isn't it? Se- it's we have a whole we have a whole scene with Martin Lawrence at the police academy. Yeah, we do introduce he, Martin. He goes through the whole the whole shooting range. He aces it except for one thing. He doesn't shoot the black guy who's holding two machine guns, and the everybody else is white, of course. And then the guy goes, "Why didn't you shoot? Why didn't you shoot that?" that perpetrator and he's like the brother come on man look at the he's surrounded by a bunch of white guys with guns like i have have guns too he's trying to protect himself which is honestly very funny Uh, (laughs) it is it is and and like and i want him to be like i want him to be like he's so good his marks his his marksmanship is unmatched like and he's like and he just deliberately didn't shoot that guy because he was like yo like i'm not gonna shoot the brother but to be real they just stole that joke from men in black yep right same joke joke. it's the same joke it's the same joke and they 100 percent stole it but they 100 percent saw men in black and they 100 percent and of course yeah you're absolutely right gerard's not as good because my thing is in men in black at least legit that character had a tissue it was funny. It was, it was much. It was a much funnier. For real, it made sense. It's like, oh, justification. I am super smart. You didn't recognize that in that world, aliens are regular people too. This alien may look scary, but this alien is, is has a sneeze. It's a tissue. Whereas, like, if this movie they wanted to be creative, you could have a black dude with say like a stick in his hand, and he's like, oh no, no, no. You may think that's a weapon, but that's actually a walking stick. You know what I mean? They could have been smart, but the thing is, let's remember again. They didn't want to do the same. They couldn't see, but they couldn't do the exact same. They did. Thing. They reversed it. They they <laughs> reversed it because in the in Men in Black, he only shoots the little white girl, and in which is much funnier, by the way. And then in this movie, he doesn't shoot the black guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> or I mean, it's the same thing, but it was like the numbers are different. Anyway, but whatever. If he, but if he, but the thing is, to Jara's point earlier, though, if if he was actually woke about it. And like he did deliberately not shoot that guy because he was black, but he knows that in the context of this training that he, you know, that it's like if if there, he would have been reprimanded about it and then like then gave some like woke ass speech about like <laughs> how police have been coming down on black people hard. You know what I mean? Like if if the, if that would have followed it, I would have loved it. It was it was it was OK. It was just like these writers weren't skilled enough to do that. But like the intention, I think was like kind of funny but then of course what happens is uh but but he's not just that guy he's just super cocky and arrogant for no reason he's he like rolls his eyes at his fellow cadet who like did a good time for no reason uh and so then the trainer is like all pissed and he's like i'm gonna drive and then they and he he says he says i'm gonna show this boy a lesson yeah, I'm going to choose to spoil a lesson, and then they do the chase, and of course, Martin Lawrence is reckless. He's running people over on the streets. Uh, he winds up driving the car through a building. The guy's like scree- like the guy's out of his car, like screaming. He he for no reason um, rolls out of the car while it's still <laughs> while it's still in drive. Yes, and then catch that him. car that car blows up. Um. 
And so he gets kicked Why out. Why does he roll out of the car? Literally dragged and thrown out. Why does he roll out of the car? Why, he hits the dude in the back with the door. He's on the ground. Why not stop Just the car? Comedy. This is my thing, man. And, 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 I, <laughs> and I, I think the, you know, the more and more we get further in Hollywood and you know, a lot of the hoops and stuff we got to go through, when I see mediocrity like this, <laughs> like for, I, I want people to really think about this. Please look at these guys' IMDb's. Um, Look at them, find them. Uh, when you think about how mediocre these two people are, right? They get to continue to make movies. If a black person was to come in with a movie that's unjustified, has kind of racist jokes for no particular reason, they're not getting that movie made. It's not getting made. How did, after all of this, they wrote the Smurfs? Like, how is that? Oh, okay. We're going to do this? How let's do they, just, how they let's keep... Just so, this is my, my, my point about them is... explain it to people. I, they have I Clifford get, the Big Red Dog come, coming out. If they wrote national security. <laughs> it's frustrating. Hold on. Because again, the woman who wrote, all right, let, let me, I'm about to go, I'm about to drag all of them. Fuck it. We about to get into this. Wait, I am, can we just go, can we just, because I want people to know these, so these two writers constantly wrote movies for black people in the early 2000s. They wrote I Spy, which is another essentially buddy cop film with Eddie Murphy and Owen Wilson. They wrote this movie, National Security. They wrote Guess Who, which was the comedic version of yeah, Guess the, Who's Coming to Dinner. Mm-hmm, with the with the revert flip with flip the reverse the races. Okay. And so then... so one of the most famous one of the most famous like, you know, films of uh Cindy Portier's career, some just these two guys who also wrote National Security got to write that movie. They wrote Norbit. The movie yeah. that Lost, essentially ended Eddie Murphy's career. It lost him. It lost him an Oscar. That's what it did. It lost him an Oscar. And who wrote it? I mean, like, yes, Eddie Murphy was part of the writing team, but these two guys, you know what I mean? It was these two guys. All right, wow. go ahead. No, but again, and this is the thing. Like, like James said, they got Clifford. They got more movies coming out. All right. How many directors have we talked about in this and writers? We were like, oh man, this movie was really bad. That was their first studio picture. But yet they got three more studio movies. A black person make a bad movie. We don't see them for another 20 years. Yeah. Like they that's don't. it. Like that's it. And the thing is, I cannot wait. And I do mean this. So this is probably going to come back up on my uh, Inside the Actor Studio, this quote. I cannot wait. All right. Until Hollywood is flooded with women, black people, people of color. So all these m- mediocre white dudes have to be just as good as we've always had to fight to be. Because the thing is, these mother- some of this shit is average and below average. Like, I mean, half the time you hear about people getting shows and it's like, oh, I didn't have an idea. I just thought about it. And you see the show, it's like, yeah, this is fine. But someone else could have had a really good show. Like, someone else could have had this script and been like, oh, we can really make this into something that talks about police brutality instead of making it a big joke about what black people experience. And the matter of fact, they didn't even like, didn't even do the bare minimum of what a lot of trash ass people which I do. It's like, oh, let's write it. Let's bring on a black writer to help like make sure the optics are right and freshen it up. No, no. These two white dudes were mad confident they did the right thing. Like they were like, we got it. We ain't gotta check it with nobody. We did that's like the three of us making a movie. They, there, there's no way they even thought about checking. Guys, but so, think about like, it. That thought didn't even cross their mind. That is the three of us, right? Making a movie about what women go through in day-to-day, sexual harassment, any of that kind of stuff, and not checking in with any women. 
That's making a I'm movie so confused. that talks about what they experience. One, making it a joke because all of a sudden the guy is like, I mean, but do you really believe that was harassment? And her being like, well, I don't know. Maybe. What? What? Does that make sense? Does it make sense to anybody? I don't get. And they still got a job. Still making movies. Yeah, they made. Ba- well, they did the story by for Baywatch. Oh, and they the story by you mean the shit that was on TV already? That story? You mean they were like, oh, let's have a movie about lifeguards running in slow motion? Yeah, they really made no, a good story. It looks like they probably did like a first the draft. Yeah. Oh. Or there's four people who are credited on the story. Yeah. And then two and people two credited other. on the screenplay of that. And right. it's none of the people that are credited on the story. Right. So, which means it was significantly changed. Which, because yeah. I don't, because I, because I could believe that they wrote the story for Baywatch. I, I can't believe they actually wrote the screenplay for it. They didn't. Um, but I can't believe they wrote the screenplay for the Smurfs and Smurfs 2. I can too. And Zookeeper. Yeah. Well, I definitely remember Zookeeper. Yeah, they definitely did that by themselves. No help. <laughs> <laughs> No help. <laughs> no, they didn't get no help on that job. I remember they actually did get help. Is the sad? Oh, did they? There's like, there's like five. Wait, no. There's three other writers who are also in credited. Comedy's tough though. They do that. Comedy. You know, listen, bring in twelve more people. I'm not trying. I want to make it very apparent. All right, that yes, I'm talking about these two writers, and yes, James is right. Comedy is hard. But the reason I'm crapping on these two writers is because they made a movie that undercuts everything that black people experience when it comes to dealing with the police. That's why I think this movie and what they wrote is complete I'm, hot garbage. I'm sure if we saw Guess Who, we will have many, many more problems with these two. Like, yeah, oh, and the other thing about it, though, Guess is who. I never yeah, saw Guess drag Who. These I never niggas. saw Come I on. Spy. I didn't want to see these movies. They looked really bad. The only reason I saw National Security was because I was like, oh, I like Martin Lawrence, and the DVD was cheap. Like It was like, that's the right. only reason. I saw I Spy as well, and that's because of Eddie Murphy. Yeah. yeah. He had one, fun, he had one funny line. It's like a leafy bird. I remember that line. Like a leafy bird. <laughs> I don't know what it was in reference to, but <laughs> that was the line. Like a leafy bird. Also, I Spy was based on a TV show, so the really... So basically, right. so um, wait, so you're telling me these two guys, right? If we're taking, we can get back to the movie. I'm sorry. I Spy was uh, uh, a Cosby movie, a Cosby TV show that was really popular. Um, uh, Look Who's Coming to Dinner was a very important movie starring Cindy Portier. Um, so these guys have made a career. Smurfs. <laughs> they have made a career off of rebooting things that have already existed. Baywatch, and then they're going to write Clifford the Big Red Dog. That's true. No, that that I mean, that is true. That a a substantial portion of their credits are adaptations of other of other things. Substantial, right. like like most, like a good. Ha- maybe I mean, National half. Security is a just the hodgepodge of different movies and things that they'd seen. <laughs> I, which is, you know, what like I, not to not because at, at the end of the day, we all we all do that. Like, you know what I mean to a certain extent, but it's still. Anyway, whatever. Let's just keep this movie. <laughs> like, just, like, what do we talk? Like, my thing is, what do we talk about? Even at one point, it's like, oh, do we talk about the fact that this guy gets out of jail, right? The cop gets out of jail. Um, he get, he gets out of jail in six months, but we also know that he assaults 
prison officials throughout his entire time in jail. And he and still gets yeah, out of jail no, in six no months. Ex, no, no extension. Um, <laughs> then, so he goes to Martin Lawrence's, like Gerard said earlier, is like has, you know, having, I mean, not he doesn't have sex yet, but he, he's about to engage in sex with this woman. And they're doing like some like like kinky like ro- cops role play, and he handcuffs her, you know. But then there's this whole robbery that's happening that Steve's on because he has a police scanner, uh, which is illegal, uh, and he's listening to it, trying to trying to catch the guys who killed his partner still, because that's all like he has left now. Uh, and so he goes to the same place that. Martin Lawrence is, uh, and he's an he's he's a national security guard too. They that there was a one funny bit in that where they they're like, and then and then here, and if you do this, and they're like, you can press this button and call the real police. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah take these had, quarters. Had a roll of quarters <laughs> on their on their belt. <laughs> I mean, also look about think about this scene though. This scene is a big robbery happening. And what is the guy? This, this shootout is insane, but, by the way. But even, but even when we get there, it's like, what? What is the security guard here doing? The, the black security guard is in here trying to get some ass. The last time we saw Martin Furofro, Martin was well, not the last time, but the last time we saw him do any cop work, he was really good at cop work. You know what I'm saying? He was great at it. You know what I'm saying? And now the next time we see him, he is getting some ass. Doesn't even know people are sh- like are like breaking into his place until he hears the first gunshot. Yeah, which is frustrating because we also know that he, like, he even says later, I've been waiting my whole life for something like this to happen. So you would want to see him patrolling, but he's patrolling too hard or something. Yes. You know, like, he's, like, he's out and he has a watchful eye and he, you know, he has uh, uh, whatever that character, what, what's his character's name again? Um, Who knows? Uh, Earl. You know, he has Earl Jr., but he doesn't need it right now or what, what, whatever it is, but it's like... For him to be not even, for him to fully miss the alarm, it's like what? How? Well, they, I think they cut the right. They cut the alarm or something. He was he was an idiot. Does this uh, movie make anybody else sad? Like for real, for do you think about like? Does it make you sad to see like sometimes like this movie is played all over the country, all over the world, and all it does is perpetuate more ignorant stereotypes about black people? And also, I'm telling you. I've been sad about this movie since 2004 would have been when I, when I got the DVD. Like I, it really, I can't believe this movie (laughs) was made and came out. And like Martin Lawrence is the star and executive producer of it. And it just, and his character has no redeemable qualities. (laughs) Isn't it weird that Martin Lawrence has made a whole career of being a cop? Like he, he was a cop in bad boys. He's a cop in, uh, Blue Streak. He's a cop in Big Mama's house. He's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't even think about that. I mean, but wasn't that what everybody? Wasn't that what everybody? I guess so. Black Not everybody. was doing. I mean, I mean, Kevin Hart has three ride along movies. <laughs> like, I mean, like when you're when you're a, a comedian, a black comedian, you do your cop movie, and hopefully it's a franchise, and then you, you well, know, Martin Lawrence has two cop franchises and other cop movies. <laughs> He has Big Mama House, Bad Boys, and he does other cop movies. Well, how, how many times has Denzel been a cop? Denzel been a cop 
Denzel been a cop a, a bunch of times. Yeah, so he's been a he's been a some sort of law enforcement officer a bunch. He's an FBI agent. He's an ATF agent. It's so funny. Uh, he he was a. I, I don't know why this is so funny. You guys bring up Denzel for some reason. I was looking up these guys and virtuosity came up. Oh, because the yeah, actress the actress is in it. Mm-hmm. The black woman. I was just looking at that and it's like, oh yeah, he was a prisoner then who gets taken out of prison to help hunt down this other serial killer. So it's like, mm-hmm. and he starts off the movie with braids. That's how you know he's bad. Denzel is always a higher, like he's rarely ever, I don't know if he's ever just been a patrol. Just a cop, yeah. just <laughs> <laughs> That's Denzel you Washington, I mean? brother. Or even a lower level detective. He's always like something like. Come on, that's Denzel you know. Washington, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you, like, like, you see, like, you see Denzel just being a beat cop. You're like, hey, brother. You should be in the building somewhere. What happened to you? Yeah, like you should be in the building <laughs> you somewhere. You should be the leader. Like what's You're going on? You ever see somebody and like, <laughs> you ever see somebody and they're, because the world is what it is and they're attractive and they have like a, just a regular job, you're like, what What are you doing here? Like why are you, like I remember it was, just, it was, just, it was, just, it was, it was happened twice. It was a woman who worked at, at the desk. I think she was kind of security. And it was this guy who was like really buff and he was like a doorman. I remember my friend going up to him like, hey. How are you a doorman? He goes, Oh man, you know, I'm just paying for school. And she goes, Yeah, but you're like a model. He's like, Yeah, I hear that sometimes, but I'm not like that. She's like, Are you okay? And I was like, The fact that you're so shocked that this man is handsome and just a doorman and you can't just let it go. It's like, This is a crazy world. You just expect him to have a very pretty person job because of how he looks. Uh, oh, I guess the only, I get, but you're right. D- D- Denzel Washington has been a cop so many times. He was, I mean, Training Day is what he won the Oscar for it. A dirty cop. That was that was the dirty cop, and that was, I mean, I guess he still was a detective in that movie, but he was a dirty. He's cop. always a detective. He's, he's a, always the person who's he's almost always the person who's like hunting down the serial killer. Um. Anyway, God, this movie. Whatever. <laughs> so is it? I'm just trying to think of the other parts of this movie. Oh, I can, like, ooh, let me the, tell you all the parts I hate. Okay, this is fun. The whole B thing was so, bruh. I hate it. Also, I love that his face was his face got swollen from a thing, and that and that was supposed to be like, haha, it was the beast thing, but not the actual thing. And then they were like, "What happened to your face?" And he was just like, "Allergies." <laughs> like he never actually lies. I don't know if you no. ca- catch that, no. but he he never actually lies. He's always just like, I mean, yes, there was a bee, but but, he, but that's <laughs> not the point. The point yeah, was everything before but that's not the, the bee. Point. And then the even only, in the court, the only they were like, was there, a, was there not a bee present? And he's like, yes, there was a bee present. There was a, also a, a bird present and probably a <laughs> butterfly. And, and that's when they're all cracking up. But one, it is really funny to say that. And yeah. it's actually a brilliant lawyer thing to say. Yeah. Like, yeah, and, yeah. And what is that? <laughs> <laughs> but then they go, then they go move to strike and he goes, kiss my ass. And then everybody yes, starts. Yes, that was dumb. And they're all <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> the only the only time he does lie is when he sees his um he sees his black girlfriend and he goes and he goes so tell her about the tell about the beat. Oh, he whooped my ass like he yeah, just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just goes, well, and then he that, admits it. He goes he he says like well, you know if he I says would I have, can't lie to her. Yeah, yeah. I can, no so no. He, he says he says if I if I hadn't lied and said and and said that you beat me then I'm then I'm condoning. Then I'm condoning. I he said, "If I had, if I had lied to her, then I'd be condoning." I know. I I the used fact to think that, that he doesn't too? want to condone interracial relationships, <laughs> but then immediately in the next scene, again, what bothers again, me? They were high fiving, dog. I know it. 
they were in the room together like, oh shit, he's going to hate interracial dating, but we're going to put a hot white woman in the next scene and he's going to hit on this white woman. And then the white cop is going to bring it up and he's going to say, I don't like when white men do it. So it's like, oh, we can do it, but not the white man. Now it's like, look how fucked up that is. Right? Fuck them. Right. Fuck this scene. Um, Fuck this whole scene. I know. And, and, it, and it's, and the, the hypocrisy of it is funny. And also, you know, I don't agree with him. Um, but also, there's a part of me that's like, he has a small point. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I just remembered to that same end. He does have a good cop moment when he, he's like, he's like, I think they took the highway or whatever. And then they find the big red truck. Even though that fat big red truck is Leslie Jones's truck, there's the other big red truck is also there at the at the rest stop. So he does have a couple moments where he's but like, he doesn't. He accidentally undercut. finds that it's because undercut. they're both they're both like driving the student car, and he, you know what I mean? Right, right. That's true. And and then also like yeah, it's everything that he does, says is undercut. He's he he sees that thing about the CIA, and the guy's like, and what else? And he's like, I don't, that's what I saw. I said peripheral, and. And then later on, they're like, the CIA is like, means something Computer else. Computer like, something bullshit. Yeah. And he was like, exactly. Man, tell this man. <laughs> Which, again, <laughs> funny, but also is like, he also didn't know that it was that part of the CIA and he didn't really help. It was like, and the thing that's so, the thing that I think that frustrated me the most about this is I have zero clue why Martin Lawrence does anything he does in this movie. Why is he with Steve Zahn at all? Like I, yeah. you actually said, James, like, oh, he's such a jerk to Steve Zahn the whole movie. But I actually think he is wait, like, I don't know why he's with this dude. He's with some dude who has anger management problems, who 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 already like did something messed up to him, who who is, isn't apologizing for that at all, who thinks and who like punches him in the face. Right. Who, like like I, all these things. And I'm like, why are you why are you doing this just because you like action? Yeah, I mean, I more mean that they antagon they antagonize each other so much. You know, like Martin was never open to saying any. <laughs> Martin was never open to saying anything other, contrary yeah, but to Martin what Lawrence I- saves his life like two times and like two or three times. In the See, movie. bro, like I thought right. you were going to talk about. You were shocked that like not only why they together, but like why in real life was Martin Lawrence ever in this movie? Because that's what I'm confused on. It's like, yeah. I don't know why Earl and whatever that racist cop name is, why they hang out. But then I sit there and go like, man, Martin spent a total of maybe a month, two months making this movie. And do you think he was making it and goes, hey, this might not be the good look? You think, nah, you think he ever knew? You think when it came I, out? I think he I needed think he the dollars. Like, you got you to gotta remember when Martin there, all, filmed all, Blue so Street, many movies he were like passed this. out. And it was a whole thing, and his and his image was getting tainted in the public. So he was like, "I just gotta how much is how much am I making for the movie? Why why is, why is Martin image gotta be tainted? Robert Downey Jr. was so drugged up he woke up in his neighbor's baby's bed. That dude is like one of the richest people in Hollywood. Yeah, no, like yeah. why Martin? Like why? Um, like why? 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 Why be sitting up here talking about black artists going through shit when I see mad artists go through some of the most reckless stuff and have a comeback? This man is a Disney star now. Do you know what I'm saying? I like Robert Downey, but my man was so drugged up, he woke up. Could you imagine coming home and some random ass dude is in your kid's bedroom sleep? Let that, I don't give a fuck if it's Denzel. I don't care if that shit, that shit can be the rock. We fighting. We fighting. Then 
Martin Martin got a little high, was on the streets, you know, went to rehab, and now he got to be tainted, and he got to do this crappy ass movie. Yeah, because he's because he was black the whole time. Here, the other <laughs> thing about this is, I, uh, this is what the last thing I'll say too is, every single black stereotype is justified in this movie, and every single like black, uh. Uh, like a black community's complaint against white society is shown to be f- false, right? Hundred percent. Police brutality is false. The whole thing where he was like, he was like, oh, it's obvious. Like, isn't it obvious? Like, it's the CIA's like uh, bringing alcohol yeah. into the black neighborhood. So that's that's a reference to the actual the reality of <laughs> our law enforcement bringing in drugs into the black community. So they're making a joke about it. And it, of course, is false within the context of the film. And then you have him say things like, oh, like, can you hotwire this car? Why? Because I'm black. You know, he's like, can you? Yeah, I can. But, you know, not because I'm black. Can you pick this lock? He's like, just yeah. can you pick the lock? And he was like, yeah, I can. But I need my tools. So a black person can pick a lock and hotwire a car. So all the all of the all of the racist stereotypes are correct. And at the end, we see an, again another person of color actually stealing a car. So like every every one of them is reinforced within this movie through the lens of comedy. Yeah. And it's just like, but it's funny that it's a hypocritical. But there's never we never see Steve Zahn's character shown to be hypocritical. Nope. And I'm He's just always shown of- to be right. Of Die Hard with a Vengeance, because they do this, it's sort of the same thing in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Like, there's that moment of, like, he sort of is being racially profiled the whole time, and and every time, <laughs> every time they're wrong, except for the one moment when he's like, can you hotwire a car? And he's like, I could. And then he takes out his <laughs> knife, but that would take too long, and then he could do, like, that, I don't know, that's like a fun, like, the whole movie, everything's being called out, and then he just so happens to be able to hotwire the car you know whereas this movie like every single every single racial a every single racial stereotype ends up being true and it's so frustrating because in die hard he also is saying actual things not as a joke right you know what i mean like every time he says something bruce willis always gets mad not even mad but he gets he gets almost like satin by it. he's like yep yeah, yeah man all right i know you know what i'm saying it's like it's not that the stuff that sam jackson is saying is wrong it's like even when it starts and Bruce Willis has to wear that 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 wood cardboard cutout with the N word on it, he doesn't want to do it. Like he knows this, he knows the realities of what the world is. Whereas in this movie, Steve Zahn's character is just like, "What are you talking about?" Like he's he's oblivious yeah. to black people's plight and the whole situation with police. Yeah, this movie is yeah, stupid. There's no, there's no, there's no. <laughs> it's never shown to be right. <laughs> The only thing that Martin Lawrence says that's that is right is that the brother didn't do it. Like that's the only thing. Um and it does provide a one like another funny line where where they where the guy like comes out of the car and they think it's him for a second and he goes, "Damn, he must have grown up in a white neighborhood." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Oh no, guns." And that was that was really funny. But then it was like, oh, no, it wasn't. Okay, it wasn't him. See, he's handcuffed. Yeah. Nah, see, I knew. Yeah, guns. You know. Yeah, guns. I knew it. I mean, guys, this movie just but, frustrates yeah. me, man. And like, read this. And then they call him a monkey the whole movie. And I'm Yo, like. Yo, why did the dude keep calling him a monkey? And I was like, if this movie is saying race isn't a thing, why is the oh, bad guy calling him a monkey? Because they're like, that's the real racist. 
Right? No, that's what it is. That's the real racist. It's the guy who calls him a monkey. You're right. That is why. Damn. Even, again, none of the things that the white people are doing, all the white bad guys in in this movie aren't like, well, obviously they're doing that because they're white. Like, Martin Lawrence is saying that, but it's a joke that he's saying it. We're supposed to go, ha ha, he's wrong. But whenever, whenever Steve Zahn is like, can you do this stereotypical black thing? Like, I thought you were stealing your own car. Well, it did look like you were stealing your car. Here, let's prove that I'm right by showing at the end somebody stealing the car in the exact same way. I thought you could hotwire a car. Well, you can hotwire a car. I thought you could pick a lock. Well, you can pick a lock. It reinforced, it's, it, the movie, it's like almost intentionally reinforcing stereotypes. Anyway, uh, and it's not that funny. It's like. Now, how are you going to have the nerd to be bad? Really is not that how every, the thing is, like every joke in this thing, you probably knew Martin like helped punch up all this and make it funnier. And the thing is, I'm mad at the writers, bro. Like for real. I'm, I'm like, I can't let it go. They still get to make other movies. They technically, and I will say this. As a person who has laughed in Norbert, even though it's super racist, and I'm not saying this is a good movie, they have cost Eddie Murphy an Oscar. I said it. I said it. The Norbert rule came out because of Norbert. You're not the only one who said that. <laughs> like the like they, they. I know. I love it. You said what? What? You're like I'll say it. Nobody said it. Before. Oh. <laughs> like a wide known fact but it sucks man it's like you know what what as that movie tainted eddie murphy's career and he had to go back and do a bunch of indies like mr church you know and all these movies oh no these white guys got to go do whatever they wanted afterwards it was almost like they were untouchable i mean they there's a little gap in their career after uh how, how what's, what's the after, gap after zookeeper what's the gap what's the gap let me what's the gap it's like f- maybe four four or five years but maybe they were just chilling on their money. I mean, who knows? Maybe it was taking that Yo, long. I just looked the at Eric Smurfs. Roberts. I just looked at Eric Roberts, IMDb. He has 59 projects in development. <laughs> 59 upcoming projects. 59. Wow. I just, saw, <laughs> I just saw him, actually. It's so funny. I was watching... Um, not a student film, but uh, a short, a fan, fan film about Gambit from X Men, and the big bad guy is Eric Roberts. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, it's good for you!" I mean, he had a good amount of money too, so good for those guys. Um, guys, I don't even know what to man, say about this movie. Showing like, up to stuff. Like, I would talk to Hollywood, but the thing is, Hollywood knows what it's doing, man. And it's, I'm getting to a point where I think I'm on James. James, I think I'm, I'm getting more and more your side, and I've been reading this thing with Lena Waithe, where I'm just like. I care a lot about like Emmys, Oscars, you know, Tonys, awards that people get because to me it's like it shows like it, it validates you in a way. But the more I think about being validated in Hollywood, it's like for what? Like these people never wanted you there. It's like Hollywood acts like it's so much better than the rest of the world and like better than the rest of the racist people, right? It's like, no, we're not like them. We're more accepting. But when you think about it, it's like you accept a few. A lot of the ones you promote aren't American blacks anyway. Um, if it's going to be somebody who's really a start, they're probably going to pass a paper bag test for a good portion of it. 
or it's going to be a black person who does the thing on their own. So you just monetize what they've already created. So what, what, like, I don't even know what I personally expect anymore. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like we're, it's not like we're, we're hearing these stories about like black actors who are like, you know, walking down the street or who did that one play, you know, and that one play, somebody was like you or like that one person who did the only, the only time I really heard in recent times for real, for real. And I've been looking this up the last couple of days. I don't want to mess her name up. Um, of of uh, um, of a director doing an indie film, and then that indie film projecting her into like the big leagues, like what happens with white people a lot is uh, uh, Nina Da Costa, right? She directed a small indie film, got Tessa Thompson in it. Because of that, she got Candyman. Because Candyman looks dope, she got Captain Marvel too. You know what I mean? But then when I think about it, like, oh, who put her on? It was a black dude. It was Jordan. So it's like. It literally is going to take black people to just look after black people because at the end of the day, people can have these projects and stuff. But who, 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 who are we asking for now? Like, who, who, who are these awards for? Because, like, at the end of the day, it's like I don't expect you to look out for me. I expect you to probably like give somebody an award who is a safe black person that relates to what you understand is good. You know what I mean? Like, you understand it. Oh, wait, this is important. You know, I may not get it, I may not like it, but let me let me put my vote into this instead of the thing that like, oh, maybe this is something that actual people of color like and support, even though I don't get it, I should support this thing too and figure out why I don't understand it and watch it and learn. Uh, I don't know, guys. This movie broke me. Is it? Okay, I mean, Martin you know, broke me. here's the, the only thing I was thinking just the whole time I was watching this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like y'all know what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I was thinking the whole time I was watching it, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pose this question right now. I'm just gonna pose it. Why did Martin Lawrence do this movie? <laughs> That's it. So you have a real question. That's <laughs> so you have a legitimately real question. <laughs> Why did he do it? Oh. Well, That's not what I thought you were gonna even, say. Even no, that. no, no. Because I, th- I thought y'all might think what I was gonna say. That's really not what I thought. No, you were I mean, say. yeah, no. But why did it? This is a very good question. Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, why did he do? The... Yeah, my guess is money. Um, <laughs> all right. There's nothing else to say. This movie they catch the bad guys, of course. They, you know, Steve Zahn gets to kill the big bad. I guess is I don't know. Steve Zahn, <laughs> sa- Steve Zahn saves Martin Lawrence's life at the end of the movie. Um, the Martin Lawrence saved his life multiple times during the movie, but you know. Yeah, but it's about Steve Zahn's redemption story. So, even though he need to be redeemed, because I guess it's okay just being a uh, aggressive cop who. Yeah, he was falsely accused. You know, all right, so great. This was fun. But he, but he, uh, he forgives. He forgives Martin Lawrence for all the bad things he did. You know, accusing him of being a racist cop. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um. And Martin Lawrence learns his lesson at the end. And then he also blows up a car <laughs> again. Yep. He does it again. Because <laughs> he's, rec- he's reckless. He's uh... a reckless black man. Um, <laughs> it's time for the cause. Rate and review films not based on how much we like Nothing. It, but how much it helps <laughs> the cause of leading black actors in Hollywood. Nothing. So the film fully helps <laughs> the cause. You get nothing. We give it a black fist. If it somewhat helped 
the cause. I'm even thinking in my mind give it a that it doesn't mom. exist. Why do you keep saying? feel like it doesn't help the cause at all. We don't give it anything. Why do you keep stressing? All I'm going to stressing... say is, we forgot to say this, but Leslie Jones is in this movie. You know what? Okay. I'm, I'm trying to forget the movie because if I forget she the movie, was, maybe it's less than nothing. You can't just say Leslie Jones is in this movie and say this movie she helps is. the cause? <laughs> I'm saying, I'm, say, I'm laying out the criteria. I'm reminding people Leslie Jones is in this movie. She had a bit part. All right, guys, ready? On the count of three. I'm ready. We'll raise up our ratings for, for the cause. <laughs> Why do you keep saying that? One. <laughs> Why you keep specifying that? Two, three. <laughs> yeah, this movie got nothing. Y'all both gave it nothing. How are you gonna say Leslie Jones is in this movie? <laughs> gave it nothing. I wanted I wanted people to see how how Leslie Jones was in doing comedy, acting, working, auditioning, booking roles. And she still didn't blow up until what, fi- like t- 12, 14 years after this? Yeah, man. Yeah. F- 15 years after this? Yeah. yeah. Damn. Anyway, uh, this movie didn't help her at all. And um, this movie definitely didn't help Martin Lawrence. And this movie definitely didn't help black people because there were three black people in this movie. It was Martin Lawrence, mm-hmm. a girlfriend who, or sorry, four, I guess, because there was the, the uh, other woman who he had chained up. Uh, None. Yeah, and also I'm, the woman in the car, the woman in the car who, who oh. slapped Steve Zahn a couple times. Yeah, bring her back. Her right, name? and the black cop. Okay, Theo there's King. other black people in this movie, but none of those people got... Yep, didn't help anybody. Helped. Um, uh, n- nobody even likes... Yeah, Bill, du- Bill Duke was also in this movie. Of course. Was she in The Hangover? Let me see. Bad. Bill Duke from Predator Frame. Yeah, she was the officer in The Hangover. Not up in here! <laughs> Yep. Yo, she's hilarious. Yeah. She's great. She just gets to do these small uh, roles all the time. It's like, what's going on? We know what's going on. Uh, uh, yep, I gave it nothing. Yep, I gave it nothing. A, re- a, a, re- a regular, or maybe it's a recurring role on Series of Unfortunate Events and other stuff. Wait, was I'm, she in that? I, I watched that. Was she? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, yes. Who yes, is she? Yes. I don't remember she, her. Only like a couple episodes, right? Yeah, like eight maybe. I don't, but, oh. She's like, um, is she somebody who, like a, like a, like a politician in that? I don't remember. I watched all of that. Honestly, look, I gave this movie nothing. Um, I wish there was something below nothing I could give it. I wish there was an award that we could give to, um, writers and directors who actually hurt people of color. That's going to be my thing I think about. Because I think this- want to give them an award? Because I want to let people know. Because <laughs> to me, I want people to know. It's like when you an see award? them, it's like, hey, it's almost like when you see somebody with um, a Make America Great Again hat, you know what vibe you're going to get off of them. You know, maybe. It's like, all right, I get the energy. I want people to see these two writers if they go and like, boom, they have the award of such and such. So they know- would they honestly done. that's hilarious if we if we start making shirts that say your movie hurt black people and we send it to all these people. <laughs> it's like they have their scarlet letter that's a- yes can we can we actually do that i'm gonna get jeff on the phone do that make it dope too. make it look fire so they want to wear it so the the actress you were talking about in a series of unfortunate events she was you know, the main black dude? Yes. Uh, wife. She was his wife. Oh. And she was a reporter. 
She kept showing up. Yes. With the camera. Yes. She was very funny. Uh, they, those, both of those, both of them are great. Yeah. I love that. That, that show. show is great. Is it over now? That show is, is it great. done? Yeah. It was just three seasons. Mm-hmm. The movie was good with Jim Carrey too. People, I think people didn't watch it, but I thought it was good. Yeah, the movie was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked the movie. And the show was also good. Wow. Um, all right. Well, that was trash. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can find us on <laughs> uh, Twitter and Instagram at Black Men Podcast. Blackmenpodcast.com is our website. Uh, find links to our merch. You find links to our we have a um, defunct uh patreon but there's a year's worth of episodes up there so it's just five dollars a month you can subscribe to that if you'd like listen to the episodes uh unsubscribe when you're done um uh, if you rate and review us on itunes give us a five star rating we'll read your review on the air you guys can plug your own stuff uh you can follow me at james third comedy third is three rd um, I'm taking a break right now from social because I got I was getting like sad by it. It was just too much stuff, so I'm not on it right now. But um, I'll let y'all know when I I'm back. I want somebody to do a supercut of Jarrah saying I'm taking a break. Listen, I think you need I think you need breaks. <laughs> you really do. I think you need breaks from social media. I think like, hey man, you know, three months on, two months off, whatever you gotta do, but just take a break every now and then. That's all right. Fair enough. Um, here we go. Oh, yeah. You can follow me at John Braylock. JohnBraylock.com is my website. Uh, this one, I don't think I ever read this. No, I didn't. This is by, um, this one is by Yana Baby. Hmm. Amazing podcast on race in Hollywood. I discovered y'all during the midst of all the BLM protests after Stitcher featured you on their homepage for Black Voices. Oh, thank you, Stitcher. Um, I love film and cinematography, and as a black woman, I was excited to see a podcast with black people discussing black movies. I love hearing the guys' different takes. Even when I do or don't like a movie they cover, I'm able to see the movie from a different perspective than before. Like, I used to think Hancock was an underrated movie. Now, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. Listening to this podcast has made me realize how much Hollywood has still has to go when it comes to diversity and has made me even more critical of how black people and other POC are portrayed in movies. I love Jarrah's podcast long rants, James's Hancock bit, and Jod's cheesy title segues. <laughs> I mean, they're not cheesy. Okay, <laughs> would you love... No, just kidding. They're definitely cheesy. Would love you, to today hear you guys said... cover... <laughs> but say, uh... Would love to hear you guys cover Tyler Perry's The Family That Prays. And I'm going to get you, sucker. Keep up the amazing work. Oh, I'm gonna get you sucking. I bet. I thought we did. Yeah. No, we okay. always talk about. We always talked about doing. It, we just never did it. I don't think. Right. Which one did we do? We did. Um. Um. Don't be a menace while drinking your juice in the hood. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. We gotta yeah. do. I'm gonna get you. Uh. And and Hollywood Shuffle. Um. This. Uh. I'll read one more. Uh. This is by. Uh. Mario Junior. See you yesterday. Netflix never recommended this movie to me, even though. What I've watched on Netflix are related in spirit, structure, and content to see you yesterday. Why did I only discover this movie in June 2020? Why did Netflix say it was only a 83% match? Some of my favorite movies are Back to the Future, Do the Right Thing, and Groundhog Day. Anyway, screw you Netflix for burying, burying this movie so I could never find it. I listen to dozens and dozens of movie podcasts and Black Men Can't Jump are one of just three or four podcasts that actually covered this movie. I can't say it's entirely the fault of the podcasters because Netflix did not make it easy for people to find it. 
anyway, all of that just to say this. Thank you, BMCJ, for being the only ones to talk about this movie. For that alone, this podcast deserves five stars. Respect. Yeah. Hey, listen, know. you know. that movie was going to be bigger. Well, you know, that movie is not the kissing booth. You know, it doesn't have kiss in the title, and it's not kissing booth, too. So they're talking about seeing you yesterday, and it's black people starring in it. And Netflix has a new movie that just came out about hip-hop dancing. And it's a white girl as the, as the lead. And she praised the Beyonce in the trailer. And, you know, it's another movie about hip hop. And yet a black girl can't be the lead of the hip hop movie. movie. It's, it's, I, I it's, wish I was joking. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Whatever. I just want, you listen to my thing. <laughs> I just want, if it's going to be a movie about hip hop dancing, though? I just want a black girl to be the lead of a hip hop yeah, dance that's, that's movie, true. man. She, she should be. It's like, I done seen fucking Step Up you. 20, 30. I done seen mad movies and it's about hip hop. The girl praised the Beyonce. Like about how important Lemonade and shit is. And like I get that Beyonce is is a lot. But come a black y'all couldn't find one black girl to be in the jail. Lord have mercy. Okay. Alrighty. Uh thank you guys for listening. Uh we will see you next week. Peace. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.